You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to this Thursday edition of the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, Now thanks be unto God who always causes us to try up in Christ Jesus. I'm so happy to have you with us today. Tag a friend and let them know that we're alive. Call someone, text someone, let them know that we're alive. It's going to be a blessing. I'm so glad that you're with us uh, this Thursday. Listen, we're going to begin a new series today entitled Moving Past the Quit Zone, Moving past the quit zone. This is our first lesson, and our theme is how to keep disappointment, discouragement, and depression from aborting your dreams and derailing you. How to keep disappointment, discouragement, and depression from aborting your dreams and derailing you. It's going to be something special. I'm telling you, God put this on my heart. I believe that you're here at this time because you need to hear this, and then you're going to share it with someone else, and it's going to be a blessing to them. Now, let's talk for a moment about quitting. Quitting is a common temptation that everyone experiences at some time or another in his or her life. Everyone. I don't know about you, but I felt like quitting. I'm quite sure that you, some of you have felt like quitting in your life. Maybe it was an ambition. Maybe it was a certification or a degree. Maybe it was a relationship program team. You know, sometimes as believers, we may feel like quitting on ourselves. And unfortunately, we've I've been in places where I just felt like quitting on God. I know that's not what a minister should say or a pastor should say, but there have been times it's been so challenging over the course of my destiny journey that I just, uh, you know, I just felt like quitting on God. I'm I'm through with this. I'm out of here. I'm going to kiss the bus and just take off and go somewhere. So quitting is a common temptation. Now, listen at this. There are times when we should make adjustments. There are times when we should make mid-course corrections. And there are times when we should quit. There's some, th- you know, I, I recently taught a series, <clears throat> pardon me, I recently taught a series on toxic relationships, and a big part of that, uh, I, my goal was to get people out of it. Some things you just need to quit because you're going in the wrong direction. Maybe it was a bad hire. Maybe it was a bad decision. Maybe it was a detrimental business partnership. Some things you just need to stop it and go in another direction. Yet, on the other hand, much of our achievements, much of success comes up by pressing forward, 
much of our success will come through determination, overcoming challenges, overcoming setbacks. And this is the side we want to deal with. We're not going to quit. We're going to move forward. We're going to be determined. We're going to press forward. We're going to overcome. And there are three areas where we're going to look at, three parts to this series, moving past the quit zone. We're going to talk about part one, disappointment. Part two, we're going to talk about discouragement. And then part three, we're going to talk about depression, disappointment, discouragement, and depression. Let's begin part one. We'll spend uh, two lessons on part one. And my subtopic for part one is the surprise nobody wants. The surprise nobody wants. You know, disappointment can be a surprise. In fact, most of the time when we are disappointed, we are Surprise. One of our background texts is found over in 2 Kings chapter 5. In 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 through 3, the scripture record uh, gives us a record of a man named Naaman. The Bible says that he was a commander of the Syrian army. He was an honorable man. He was a great man. He was a man of valor. But the text says that he was a leper. He had all this going for him, yet he was a leper. Now, his wife had a young Israeli girl serving in their house. And this Israeli girl, being aware of Naaman's condition, said to Naaman's wife, if only our master was in Samaria, there's a prophet in Samaria named Elisha. And if he was there, the prophet would heal him. If we fast forward, Naaman in 2 Kings 5, 9 through 12, Naaman goes to Samaria looking for this prophet. He gets to Elijah's house, and he has this huge entourage. I mean, just chariots and horses and, and camels. I mean, soldiers. He has this huge entourage. He goes up to Elijah's house expecting him to come out. But the scripture says, but Elijah sent a messenger out to him with this message. Go wash seven times in the Jordan River, then your skin will be restored and you will be healed. Now, that surprised Naaman. We're talking about the surprise that nobody wants. That surprised him because he had an expectation of this great welcome because he was a national hero. But the Bible says that Elijah didn't come out to him. He sent a messenger out to him. Now, this man, great man, had traveled all this distance, and the prophet didn't even come out to him. He sent a message, go wash seven times in the Jordan. Your skin will be restored, 
and you'll be healed. And the scripture says, but Naaman became angry and stalked away. He became angry. Now listen at what he said, because we're talking about disappointment. Listen at what Naaman said. He said, I thought he would certainly come out to meet me. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy. I expected him to call on the name of his Lord. Now, we're talking about disappointment. And notice what Naaman said. He was angry. He said, and we see why he was angry. He said, I thought he would at least come out to me. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy, and I expected him to call on his God since his God's supposed to be so great. I expected. And the Bible says he stalked off. Now, listen. The rest of the text tells us that one of his servants came uh, up to him and said, now, listen, listen, master, if the prophet had asked you to do something hard, something difficult, you would have done it. But he asked you to do a simple thing. He asked you to go to the joint and dip seven times. So Naaman listened to his fellow soldier, went to the Jordan, washed, dipped seven times, and the Bible says his skin was restored and he was completely healed of the leprosy. Naaman almost mismanaged his disappointment. So let's talk about disappointment. Let's talk about what is disappointment. Let's talk about the source of disappointment. In this second this first lesson, I want us to deal with the mismanagement of disappointment. Now, we're going to talk about overcoming it, but let's talk about the mismanagement of disappointment. So what is disappointment? Disappointment is a feeling of sadness and dissatisfaction, which result when our expectations are not realized. Disappointment is a feeling of sadness, a feeling of dissatisfaction that results when our expectations are not realized. Naaman said, I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy. I expected him to call on his God, but Elijah did not meet Naaman's expectations and Naaman was disappointed. So what is disappointment? Secondly, disappointment is when things don't turn out the way you thought, the way you desired, or the way you planned. It's when things don't turn out the way you thought, the way you desired, the way you planned. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been disappointed? Have you ever been disappointed? I've been disappointed. Have you ever been disappointed? Are you disappointed right now? If you're experiencing some disappointment, I want you to know that the Spirit of God has led me to share with you so that you can overcome this disappointment. So let's talk about the four sources of disappointment, the four major sources of disappointment. We're disappointed, number one, by circumstances. 
We're disappointed, number two, by people. We're disappointed sometimes, number three, uh, in our own self. And then sometimes we're disappointed, number four, in God. Circumstances, people, self, and God. Now, let's talk about circumstances. Sometimes we're disappointed because of our circumstances. Life and our condition in life is not what we expected. I've been there, done that. We're disappointed in our circumstances when life and our condition in life are not what we expected. You see, Naaman, the Bible says, was a a commander. He was a general, a leader of the Syrian army, a noble man, an honorable man, a man of valor, a national hero. And yet the Bible says he was a leper. I'm quite sure without having any discussion with Naaman, his life as a leper was not what he expected. His condition as a leper was not what he expected. And so sometimes we're disappointed because our life and our condition in life are not what we expected. Sometimes we're disappointed in people. It's when people that we believe in let us down. Has anyone let you down? Has anyone that you believed in let you down? Well, Naaman was let down by people. He thought to himself, I listened to that slave girl. She was in my house, told me that if I went to see the prophet in Samaria, he would heal me. He was disappointed. He believed the the slave girl had let him down. Then he got to the prophet. He didn't know anything about Elisha, but this slave girl in his home had told his wife and, and himself about this great prophet, and he had these high expectations in this uh, great prophet, and he felt let down. Have you been let down by people? Are there any people, family maybe, co-workers maybe? Classmates, maybe teachers, instructors, coaches have been let down by people. Sometimes, unfortunately, we are let down and disappointed by ourselves. It's when we let ourselves down. I'm quite sure Naaman thought, here I am. I'm an army general. I'm a national hero. Everybody in my country loves me. Why did I listen to that little young girl? Why did I come here expecting uh, somebody I didn't know? Why did I listen? Maybe he felt let down in himself. I've been there where I felt that I let myself down. In fact, sometimes, unfortunately, I can be harder on myself than others. Sometimes we feel that God let us down. It's when God doesn't do what we thought he could. It's when God doesn't do 
it when we thought he should. It's when God doesn't do it the way we thought he would. God let us down. You know, in my journey, and I, I thank God that I'm a little more mature now, I used to get angry at God all the time. I just, yeah, I quit you, God. I'm just through. You know, I'm trying to live for you. You're not helping me. I just go through all this stuff. Thank God for growth. Thank God for his long suffering and patience with me and allowed me the opportunity because he knew deep down in my heart I loved him. He knew deep down in my heart I wanted to serve him. And I thank God for his patience. I thank God for his love. I thank God for putting up my uh, putting up with my pity parties and and and, and my self pity and and all that. But sometimes we feel that God let us down. Naaman didn't know the God of Elijah, but he was trusting that this God that he didn't know would help him, and maybe you don't have a relationship with God. Maybe something has happened in your life where you thought God should have done this or you thought God should have done it when you pray. You thought God should have done it the way you wanted him to do, but he didn't. He didn't do it the way you you thought he should. Uh, uh, he, 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 he was late. He didn't come on time. And you had heard that he was always on time. But for you, he didn't come on time. And you're disappointed in God. Now, listen. In this first lesson, I want you to know that response matters. Your response matters. I want you to know that it's okay to be disappointed. I want you to know that it's not a sin to be disappointed. I've been disappointed, and I've been a Christian now for over 40-some 40 years, and, and I've been disappointed. I've been disappointed in my circumstances. There were times where life and my condition was not what I expected. I've been disappointed in people. I felt that people that I believed in let me down. I've been disappointed in myself. I felt that... I should have been better at something, should have made a better decision. I've been disappointed in God. In fact, just recently, I tested positive for COVID-19. God brought me through. I overcame. In fact, there were some benefits that I accrued during that experience. But initially, I was disappointed. Now listen, it's okay to be disappointed. It's all right if you're disappointed. In fact, disappointment is not a sin. It's not a sin. You've not sin. You can be highly disappointed right now, and I want you to know that your disappointment is not a sin. You see, God doesn't ask us to deny He doesn't ask us to disqualify our feelings. God knows. He gave us a soul. 
our mind, our emotions, our will. He knows what we're feeling. So God is not asking you. He's not asking me. He's not asking us to deny our feelings, to disqualify our feelings. In fact, it's all right. It's all right to tell God, I'm disappointed. I'm dealing with disappointment. God is not going to get angry with you. He's not going to be mad at you. It's okay to be disappointed. But response matters. And I want you to think about that for a moment. How are you going to respond to the disappointment? Now, God doesn't get angry with us because we are disappointed, but he does give great attention to how we respond to our disappointment because our response will determine whether or not we're devastated by the disappointment or we overcome the disappointment. You see, that's the options that we have. There are two roads. You can travel two roads. When you come up to disappointment, you got two options. You can travel down the road of devastation or you can travel down the road of overcoming, but response matters. We can't always control everything that happens to us. You know, I had some uh, in another lesson, someone asked whether or not we're, we sin. Were we sinning because we tested positive? I said, well, it has nothing to do with sin. But so many people hit disappointment and, 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 and they respond in an improper way. You can't control everything that happens to you, but you're always, we're always in control of how we respond. And because we're believers and because the Bible is our God, the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 2.14, it's our foundational text for the How to Win podcast. Now, thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph all the time. Our ultimate outcome is winning if you believe the Bible. But today I wanted to look at this negative side. Let's talk about the mismanagement of our disappointment. The mismanagement. You can manage disappointment and overcome it. You can mismanage disappointment and be devastated by it. So let's look at some ways that we can mismanage our disappointment. We can mismanage our disappointment by anger. Anger. Naaman became angry, and then he was led by emotions, and he stalked away. And if his if his uh, fellow soldier or one of his subordinates hadn't come up to him and 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 uh, motivated him to do what the prophet said, he would have died a leper. See, the Bible says that anger, anger does, not, does not produce the righteousness of God. We all get angry sometimes, but the Bible said, be angry and sin not. In other words, how are we going to respond? Our initial response may be anger. But if we stay with anger, we will mismanage the disappointment. 
bitterness is mismanagement of our disappointment. And usually our bitterness is directed to other people. They let us down. We become bitter at them. We don't want to have anything to do with them. Distrust. If we mismanage our disappointment, we'll end up in a place of generalization where we actually distrust everyone. This person let me down. I went through this bad marriage. I went through this breakup in my relationship with my boyfriend or my girlfriend, and I'm through with people. I don't trust anyone. My boss fired me unjustly. I don't trust anyone. I don't trust black people people, white people, red people, brown people, yellow people. I don't trust poor people, rich people. I don't trust anyone. Now, that's the mismanagement of disappointment. Withdrawal. Withdrawal. Sometimes you can withdraw psychologically. Sometimes you can withdraw physically and defect, abandon a cause. Withdrawal is usually the mismanagement of our disappointment. Disillusionment. Disillusionment is when we're unsure, confused, lack confidence in something or someone that we previously believed in. We believe so heartily in a certain thing, and now we no longer believe in that we're dis illusion. We're not sure. We, we unsettle. We're confused about something that we were highly committed to at one time. That's the mismanagement of our disappointments. Discouragement and depression, that's what we're going to go to because if we don't manage our disappointment, it will lead to discouragement. And if we don't manage our discouragement, it will lead to depression. And then if we don't manage our depression, it will lead to suicide. Suicide is always the mismanagement of our disappointments. Physical suicide is the taking of one's life. That's the mismanagement of our disappointment. Our unrealized expectations. People don't commit suicide when their expectations are realized. People commit suicide when things don't turn out the way they desired, they they hoped or they had planned, their expectations are not realized. So they abort the journey. They abort their lives by taking their life. And that's never the answer. Suicide is never the answer. It is the mismanagement of our disappointment. But think about it. You can commit suicide against your dream. Dream suicide. You kill it yourself. You just quit. You just give up. I'm through. It's too hard. It's too difficult. I just, so you can kill your dream. Whatever that dream may be, you have a dream, but it's difficult. It's hard. You have a setback. You're not sure. And you quit. That is dream suicide. Well, let's conclude by looking at a man in scripture who mismanages disappointment. The ultimate mismanagement of disappointment is Judas. Judas was one of the 12 disciples, one of the 12 apostles. He had been selected for a great destiny, 
but he became disappointed. He thought that Jesus was going to overthrow the Roman government. He thought that Jesus was going to turn the government over to the disciples and he and the disciples would rule the world. He had this grandiose uh, idea, this grandiose ambition that was out of sync, out of line, alignment with God's plan and God's purpose and Jesus' plan and Jesus' purpose. And when he saw that things were not turning out the way he planned, the way he hoped, the way he expected, he mismanaged his disappointment by betraying Jesus. And then he mismanaged his disappointment by committing suicide. Judas killed himself. So as I close, I want to give you quickly five, five symptoms or evidences of the mismanagement of our disappointment. Number one, self-help self-help. We come up against a disappointment and we try to handle the situation ourselves. That's the mismanagement of a disappointment. Think about it. If you could handle it, you wouldn't even be at the place of disappointment. Number two, isolation is the mismanagement of disappointment. No one, when you isolate yourself, there's no one to give you an objective opinion. There's no one to hold you accountable. There's no one to give you guidance. There's no one to give you counsel. It's uncanny how many times when we come up to disappointment, rather than bringing people close to us that we trust, we push everybody away and we end up isolating ourselves. And Satan wants us to be isolated. He doesn't want anyone speaking into our lives. He doesn't want anyone to give us counsel. He wants us to be in our own head. Satan wants you to be in your own head. He wants you to be isolated from people who can help you, who can give you guidance, who can give you counsel, self-help, isolation. Then thirdly, self-pity. Oh, I feel so sorry for me. Now, we don't say it, but we really do feel sorry for ourselves. I feel so sorry for me. Nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody's ever experienced. I'm having it hard. I'm having it difficult. I feel so sorry for me. Self-pity absolves us of the responsibility of responding properly. Self-help, isolation, self-pity. Self-pity always leads to despair, hopelessness. Complete loss of hope. It'll never work. It'll never turn out. Never work, never turn out. And then that always, despair always lead to a quick emotional decision. The Bible said Judas hung himself. A quick emotional decision. We quit the job. We quit the program. We quit the relationship. We quit pursuing our degree. We quit certification. Why? Because of, of we tried to handle it ourselves, self-help. Then we isolated ourselves so no one could speak into our lives. Then we got into self-pity. Nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody cares about me. Nobody cares whether I live or die. Then we move into despair. It's just hopeless. It'll never work out. It'll never work out. And then we make a quick emotional decision and we quit.
we quit. We quit the ambition. We quit the relationship. We quit the pursuit. We quit life. We kill ourselves. Mismanagement of our disappointment. Listen, it's going to get better. Things are going to get better. And our second lesson, there's a two-lesson series, just a two-lesson part. We just wanted to find out what was disappointment, the source of disappointment, our response matters, and then we wanted to look at, so you won't do this, how, how people mismanage their disappointment. Now, in our next lesson, we're going to give you some keys to overcoming your disappointment. We're going to get over this disappointment, and we're not going to get to discouragement. Thank you for spending this time with me. I trust that you've been blessed, and we look forward to seeing you next episode.